the one thing that pandemic has done is I think put a greater emphasis than ever on the rehumanizing of the workplace. Hey there, this is Bev and I'll be the host of People at Work Today. People at Work was created by Jostle, the creator of an employee intranet that is trying to help connect people to everything that matters to them at work during their workday. And while we're building this technology, we're also thinking about what's actually happening in the world of work for people around the world. And so we're having conversations like the one we're going to have today with leaders and thinkers who are tackling all sorts of workplace topics like leadership, culture, teamwork, and others. So I'm delighted to welcome two of my favorite people in the leadership and culture space, Laurie Bennett and Jeff Melnick, who are the founding partners at Within People. Now, over the past year, we've seen some big shifts in the workplace, from remote working becoming the norm to a deeper sense of global community. And one thing has become crystal clear, the world has changed and there's a huge opportunity for businesses to change with it. So to help every leader and business leverage culture for growth, uh, Within has actually written a comprehensive guide with practical implement right away tools and tactics. And Laurie and Jeff are here today to tell us more about what they've been observing and tackling with leaders around the world. So welcome Laurie and Jeff. I'm really looking forward to this conversation and to welcoming you, you to the show. And Laurie, you back to the show because you were a guest on the podcast way, way back when Years we first ago. started. So welcome. Thanks for having oh, us. Thanks, Bev. Laurie, I'd love for, for you just to give us a quick intro to your background and to why was Within founded, and, and then we'll get to how that led to you creating things like this guide that we're going to discuss today. Yeah, great. So um, Within was founded six years ago um, out of a combination of passion and inspiration for what the world of work could be and a deep frustration and pissed offness with the way that it is. Um, and what we have a purpose to do is to help other people find their purpose and, and grow the company they love, um, which really for us has been a journey over six years of helping businesses reimagine what growth really means for them and how to shift into what we call 21st century business. So doing work in a way that empowers people that is very human at its core and sees very human themes of leadership uh, within it and that really recognizes culture as being a, a massive asset for growth and a kind of growth that puts people at its core. Um, and yeah, we, we spend our time working with companies all around the world, helping them understand what they what really want their company to be like and putting that into practice in quite practical ways by supporting them with their, their culture and their leadership. Awesome. And from the way that your team is structured with partners around the world who are helping customers um, you know, in different regions around the world, you have the advantage of being exposed to different trends and things that are happening in various areas of, of the world. So Jeff, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what have you been observing from your perspective? Um, you're based in San Francisco, but you have also been based in the UK. So what's it been like for you as the, the, the past year has unfolded? 
Yeah, it, we are based in the UK. We're based in South Africa, Vancouver, San Francisco. We even have team members in, in Montana. And we've seen some common things going on, obviously, over, over the past six years as we've been growing. The world of work has been sort of consistently changing. We're seeing companies wanting to shift to more empowered structures. We're seeing companies wanting to ensure that leadership is at all levels in the organization. These are things that we've championed since we started, and we founded our business on, on those principles of self-management, radical transparency, you know, open, honest feedback. Um, and so those shifts are happening. But I think what was remarkable, of course, over the past year is everybody went through a, a, the same kind of disruption through the pandemic. Now, of course, everyone's had to weather that storm in their own way, depending, you know, our, our clients in South Africa are going through very different experience than our clients here on the West Coast, but there's a constant there, that sense of uncertainty, that sense of disruption, and that really sort of foreboding sense of what the hell are we doing now? What are we doing? So it's been interesting to see our clients who really came back to what was important to them, came back to purpose, came back to their culture, came back to that, that their common values and really held on to notions of their DNA that they knew were their strong foundations and how could they use those to weather the storm. And not only that, but find the opportunities in it, which I know sounds terrible at a time that's been so horrendous for so many people, um, but for a company to be able to go, we can make it through this and we can emerge stronger was something that, that was really important for us to not only see happening, to support, but also to document in a way and sort of put it into a practical form that people could use. Yeah, and I know that you have done in your business some prior research around the characters and traits of, of leaders and how the face of leadership is, is changing. So the, the work that you've done over the past year to create this guide is really just building on this rigor that you bring um, in terms of really wanting to understand the core of leadership, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think, you know, a big theme for us throughout has been the, the humanizing of leadership, really of starting to recognize the role of leadership not as a a seat of power inside an organization but as a seat of empowerment um, and starting to encourage leaders to be understanding the the qualities that they bring to the way that they lead rather than seeing the currency of leadership in expertise education um, a Y chromosome, your age, um, starting to really see it in the, the fundamental human qualities of creativity, vulnerability, empathy, and the way that that's brought into the workplace. And I think the one thing that the pandemic has done and the Black Lives Matter movement is I think put a greater emphasis than ever on the rehumanizing of the workplace as a whole and as leadership within that. It's been unavoidable if you're a good leader, I suppose, to not see the human impact of these massive crises in the world and not to be able to start to have noticed that the leaders that have really showed up in the face of that challenge and who have held their businesses and their people strong and have been able to emerge stronger are the ones who have been able to turn to vulnerability and empathy over a greater controlling grip on people, but actually to release the, 
the trust in their organizations to allow people to work with more freedom where they can't be seen without the the traditional constraints of an office and a line manager staring over their shoulders um, and to genuinely be able to step into a place of recognizing the role of leaders as being there to care and support for the people who are in their charge rather than being there to to gather control and um, power around themselves and I think part of the reason why this book felt like now's the time to really get this out here is because the pandemic opened a window to that which I mean frankly we've been pushing at that window for the last six years um, and there's been a lot of resistance inside organizations to actually stepping into giving their employees the freedom to work in certain ways and giving the trust to do that and, and the pandemic necessitated it and accelerated it so I think, well, you know, as we've seen, it's felt for a lot of businesses like through COVID, business in the world has ground to a bit of a standstill. What we've really seen is an acceleration towards more progressive, more human-centered ways of doing business and leading. And that what business needs is some, what leaders need is some practical support to really help them step fully into that and keep it going as the pandemic comes to a, comes to a close, and that's what this book was for. And yeah, it draws on that thinking around leadership and tries to make it practical for people to use right now. Yeah, absolutely. And just continuing to chat about the human aspect of workplaces, and it's not really just the pandemic that's changed that attitude towards making people feel more welcomed and that they belong in their workplace, right? You, you mentioned the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, other social justice movements that are taking place. It's the qualities of leaders that have been on display um, or lack thereof, perhaps, around the world as leaders have stepped up or not to deal with the global crisis, right? So I, I feel like it's been a really interesting time to um, put leadership under the lens and to understand what we want our workplaces to look like going forward. So, Jeff, I'd love to understand three shifts that you have created the book around. So could we talk about those for a, a few minutes? If you could just walk us through what are those things that you've identified as the key drivers? Yeah, there was quite a bit that we wanted to talk about. And I think when we sat down to write it, we were thinking there is three core things that we're really, really seeing here. So one of them we've just been speaking to is this notion of the humanization of leadership or just understanding that work needs to be rehumanized. So it starts with leaders, right? There goes the leader, there goes the culture. That's our famous mantra. I think it was Simon Sinek, I'm not sure. Let's just give it to him. He seems to take all of these, all these blurbs lately. Here's another one for you, Simon. But, but I think there's some truth in that. So if we see our leaders as, as human, when we see them being able to connect with us in deep senses of, of empathy and understanding who we are as individuals in the workplace, that's going to, to make a big stride. So what does that look like? So that's one of the shifts you wanted to explore. What does it look like in practice for you as a leader? And how do you understand that? Because it sounds very, you know, I'm a human. So obviously I should be humanized already, but what are the skills, the qualities that I need to, to nurture in that? So that, that's one of the, the core things. The other thing that we really noticed was, especially here on the, on the West Coast, um, is there's a lot of businesses that talk about purpose and talk about being purpose driven, 
But what we were seeing was that sort of disconnect to, to how purpose actually helps build culture and business success and therefore resilience to deal with uncertainty. So we wanted to explore what really makes a purpose-driven business from a practical sense. So how do you as a leader really unpack what purpose does for you? And then how do you connect that to your culture, to your values, to really making sure that your culture is lived? So that chapter of the book um, deals with some of the mechanics of your cultural DNA. Of course, you know, we could write an encyclopedia about that um, because culture is one of those things that you're just going to have to keep working on, listeners at home. It's not read chapter one um, and, and you're going to have that done, but at least get in there and, and understand sort of what can purpose do for you. And then the third element that, that we really wanted to cover was um, these really big shifts around the employee experience. And as Laurie pointed to, that sort of opening up that the pandemic gave us into really understanding some of the nuts and bolts like flexibility and what that really looks like um, for a business, but really getting leaders to start to understand how do you in this moment start to really design your workplace, your culture from an equitable point of view. So starting to embed notions of diversity, equity and inclusion into everything you're doing in your culture, because that's going to strengthen your business overall. So we've got a framework in there to really help people understand that from a holistic point of view, but unpacking a little bit about why that's important. Um, and, and as Laurie said, this, the, the window has been opened there now, but for all of these th three things, you know, humanizing leadership, purpose and resilience and, and the employee experience is like, okay, how do I do this stuff? practically give me the tools and the understanding. And so we wanted to make something really practical with tips, exercises, worksheets, you know, facts and feels so that everybody could access it from, from their point of where they're at now and hopefully find something in there that, that works for them. Yeah, and what I really like about what you've got in there too is some real people who are talking about how they have applied what you believe and you've really done a great job of of weaving in the problem solution contrast for you know some of your own customers. So, I mean, you're living this, you're testing this, you're trying to help customers solve these real problems. Um, and I, I think the, the one overarching theme that I, I picked up on throughout the book is this feeling of intentionality. We can be more intentional. We can spend time crafting these cultures that we want. And maybe this window isn't going to be here forever. Um, so what's your perspective on that? My perspective is that we should always be in, intentional about those things. What's different about right now is that we've had to be. And, you know, many of the, the clients that we work with, by the nature of what we do and who we attract, tend to be the people who come because they're choosing to be intentional about, as Jeff said, designing an experience that works for them, really understanding what they want to be clear that their business stands for and the, the values that guide the way people need to show up and the things that make them successful in their work. I think the, the places of design that we can really now bring are, are in those, those three areas where some of the businesses that have needed the most support with intentionality were the ones who started out with the greatest amount of intention 
as setting a purpose and being very clear about what they wanted to, to stand for. And I think being able to reconnect with that in these moments and really make a point of uh, turning towards purpose in times of uncertainty and, and asking what is this calling us to do in this moment? Um, is it the same as we did before or does it open up new ways for us to think and imagine about ways that we can be successful in this moment and that we can be of service in this moment? So, you know, some of our clients whose business models were disrupted massively through the pandemic, the ones with the strongest sense of purpose were able to look back and say, the thing that we stand to do here actually is bigger than the, the product that we can no longer sell. If it's a home mortgage product or an advertising campaign, but we still have a role to play in a movement or we've got a way to support people financially and understand their risk in this moment that we can really turn to and double down on and continue to be useful at a time like this. And that gives us a source of motivation for our people and connects them back to why they came to work here in the first place. Um, that still gives them an avenue to really bring their passion to what they do, even when feels like the world's falling apart around them. Um, and I think in the in the leadership space, it's it's an intentional turn towards those those human qualities, right? And those really surfaced for us in conversations that we had with leaders from around the world, really about what are the what are the things that they really depend on to be able to lead more equitable, um, empowered workforces and to be able to build businesses where really their job as leaders is to grow the, the human capital in there that's the way for them to, to find growth. Um, and they came back to us with this set of eight qualities that's in the guide, which I always feel tempted to reel off at this time and inevitably either come up with nine or six. So I won't. <laughs> <laughs> The bonus quality. <laughs> but I think it's been really interesting. Even, I mean, we did it in our own business. Um, when the pandemic hit, we turned back to them and said, Look, what do we need to draw on as a team here? Is it the conviction to stick with what we've got? Is it the creativity to imagine new ways to do business? Is it a real understanding of empathy to to make sure that the people in this team feel like they're in the right space um so yeah I'm bringing it back around to that intentional space of what really is our role either as a business in this moment or as an individual leader in this moment and how do we bring ourselves in the most authentic truest and most powerful way that we can to the to the moment in hand yeah, and to that end, we need to be able to take action, right? And that's one of the things that I, I really appreciate about what you've put together. There's some observations that you are sharing, but then you are turning that into a framework for people to actually step into their businesses and into their um, selves as leaders and actually start making change or, or taking actions. So, Jeff, maybe we could step through... Um, in each of those three areas that you've shared with us, so the humanization of leadership, the disconnect to purpose, and then the employee experience, are there a couple of actions that you think really stand out as either bridging all three of those things or maybe some of your favorites that are really impactful that you'd like to share with the audience today? 
I love picking a favorite. Thank you, Bev. I know that's one thing. <laughs> I'm a list maker. So here's my top five. <laughs> to pick from emerging the opposite market. of me. Yeah. Yes, which is like, please don't make me choose. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I'll talk a little bit about the chapter around the promises over perks, which is our chapter all around the employee experience. And I think, you know, that was born out of, like, as Lori said, our business is often born out of deep frustrations from what we see in the world. We had, I remember I'd just written a blog about how annoyed I got with the notion of meeting people and, and them saying, we have a really great culture here. We have dogs in the office. So I wrote this blog all about dogs in the office, one of my top read blogs. In the blog, I point out, obviously, your culture is not dogs in the office. And then, you know, three months later, there is no office anymore. So good for you for bringing dogs into the office because you don't have an office anymore because we can't go to the office. So what we started to explore was this notion of how are you making promises around your employee experience? over the perks and benefits that you thought were what your culture was based upon. And I think that really stemmed also from this notion of people really starting to, to having to work with the notion of flexibility and with this notion of equality and equality and equity being super important to our partnership and, and something that we see is critical in the world. And so, of course, as a leader, you can sit there and go, okay, great, I have no office. We've lost the, lost the office. What do we do with the culture now? oh, I know we'll throw more perks at people. What we wanted to do was create a really practical framework to ask the right questions, the sort of coaching questions that we would ask our clients in workshops, in the work that we do, to get them to see that actually this is the moment to start to design something that is based around inclusion and, and equality at all levels. So from flexibility to creating a connected workforce to really rewarding your people for the value they create and ensuring that they're growing their career as you grow your business. So, so that chapter has some really practical tips around that, how to use that framework um, and how to really just ask yourself and your leadership team some of the questions around, around what that employee experience would look like. So of course you're not, you tackle everything at once, but I think if a leader can just ask, you know, what does flexibility mean in our business now? You know, are we ever coming back to the office? So is it about place or is it about time or is it about energy? You know, what, do, what does it mean? So, so we hope those kind of question prompts are in there. And I think, you know, that's the start of that conversation. Um, maybe Laurie can speak to the purpose one because there's some deeply practical actions in there around purpose finding. Yeah, and I think it stems from a, a similar place. You know, there's a, an encouragement in here to, to look back and reconnect with the purpose and the values, especially of the organization. Um, and there's a bit of a, a, a specific guide in there to if you, if you haven't got those things completely fleshed out yet in terms of your purpose, especially, how do you refresh or clarify the, the, the problem that you're here to solve in the world, the role that you play in solving it and the impact that you're trying to make as a result. Um, and there's a, a bit of a guide for starting to move yourself and your team through either remembering or starting to define the answers to those questions, which are gonna help you connect back to why you're here. And we found that to be a really useful centering exercise within teams to really get them to kind of land back with connecting back to what's most important and most motivating to them. And also a great way for them to start to imagine how do they communicate their role and what they're for 
at a time when their market has completely changed. You know, we, quite a lot of our clients came to us saying, look, we sell stuff. Is it okay for us to keep selling stuff in the context of a much greater problem? So to help them understand the relationship between their selling stuff being the service that they provide and what's needed most in the world right now and what's the relationship between those two things helps people again sort of ground themselves in what's most important for them to be focused on in this moment right now but that stays very authentic to who they are as a as a brand as an organization um, and i think the other big piece to point out in in that chapter is is the role of, of values and, and how critical those have been for organizations to make very practical the behaviors that are needed in the organization in order to continue showing up to a purpose and staying with the things that are most important, which sometimes sounds like, does that stop us from evolving and get in the way of the agility and the change that we need to be able to adapt to within these changing circumstances. But really it's the opposite, that when we can get back to our values and our purpose, they become the guideline and the, the lens through which to really understand how to be more adaptable without completely forgetting who we are. And I think a couple of my clients who have really through the pandemic turned back to their values and asked themselves, how do we show up to these right now? What, are, what could we do to show up to them even more? And how does working into this value support us in this moment has been a, a really good way of focusing the energy of their team back into the spaces they know make them most successful. And on a super practical note has been a way to reconnect a freshly dispersed team and to keep having conversations about the things that unite them and that keep them connected, as opposed to reinforcing the sense that we are isolated from each other and, and disconnected. So I think they bring a real sense of cohesion and grounding to the, the and an ability within that to step into new territory and adapt from a place of real strength and confidence. So let me ask you a question then related to that. I would imagine that many of your customers, you've seen a, a real sense of disruption and perhaps uh, um, weaknesses even revealed in terms of their leadership, their purpose, their culture, um, and they're like operating under office conditions. You almost have this sort of feeling that everything is, is as it should be and is under control. And suddenly now people are dispersed and people are distracted, people are stressed. Um, what have you seen in terms of those customers who have actually used this as an opportunity to actually fix the things that they didn't even realize were broken? And Jeff, to your earlier point, um, you were talking about using this as an opportunity to bolster a business. And is that what we should be doing right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there was some, some of our clients uh, who were sort of hitting an iceberg before the pandemic even hit. So there was some stuff going on where the leadership was aware that maybe things weren't working out so well for them. And I think as Laurie very eloquently said earlier, the, the, the window opened and it shone a light in a way for them to, to step into being a bit more proactive into, in some of those spaces. So, so when a culture had felt des disconnected, for example, we're in the office, we're working, we're working as hard as we can. I had one leader in particular who was like, 
we cannot let people work flexibly. They need to be in the office because that's how we're at our most productive. And when the workforce had to work from home, this was in the UK, he realized actually that they could be productive in different ways. So it, I think it opened up new creative ways of thinking about how work could work for everybody as opposed to the rigid thinking and, and you know, leaders who were very particular about working time and, and sort of the blind spot around, well, if you're a carer at home or you're, you're a working parent and you can't be at the nine to five on your desk, nor should you have to because you're not, it's not necessary for you to be there. The proof was finally there that this wasn't necessary, right? And then of course, the next thing that opened up was, oh great, everybody's a lot more productive. We saw a, a huge spike in productivity. This has been well-documented, not just in our clients, but across across the world of, of, of work where people were working from home, but that's not been sustainable, right? So it opened up new questions around mental health and actually how are we, how not, only how do we cope with that as humans, but what is our role as a leader in the life of our employee, not just the work life of our employee? And I think that's really opened up into that next conversation around the humanization of the workplace, right? As a leader, I have to care for the whole of you, not just for you between the hours of nine to five. Um, and that's tough for people, isn't it? Like, I, you know, as we start a business, I'm not sure that's what you set out to do. And how do you do that in a way that's not paternalistic, mm -hmm. right? How do you do that in a way that honors the adult and self-responsibility? Um, and I think, you know, we saw that in our own business, uh, especially being a global, a global business working around the world. I think the pandemic brought us closer together because we had to solve some new challenges together. Um, and it's, and, you know, we've always worked remotely. We've always been kind of in, uh, we come together as much as we can, but we're never in the same office together. But I feel like we were forced to face some challenges in our own business and that helped us to really step into new ways of, of leading of everyone in our business, but new ways of collaborating. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, now we've got our South African team is working with our UK team and our UK team is working better with our uh, North America team. Obviously we haven't solved the problem of time zones yet. So Bev, if you can get someone on the podcast who can turn back time, maybe share and help you out with that one. Um, that would help solve some other things. It would help all of us a great deal. That would help all of us. If you get share on the podcast, you're that's it you're done that's your well, I, I probably wouldn't be podcasting if I was able to find someone who could do that I'd uh, <laughs> be focusing my energies elsewhere <laughs> but I like what you said there Jeff about um, you know leaders now have to look after their people 100% because we are in people's homes um, one of my other podcast guests said that um companies are now uninvited guests in their employees' homes and they're not leaving. And it's a really great analogy, yeah. right? Suddenly we arrived into our people's homes. It's you know a, now a blur between work and life and everything in between. Um, but what I, I wanted to just ask you, maybe Laurie, I'll direct this question to you. Is So yeah. similarly, as we as leaders have to tend to the whole of our people, um, we have to tend to the whole of ourselves as leaders too, right? And I think that has opened up a very interesting conversation around what is the new face of leadership and, and what do leaders need to change in order to show up as vulnerable, courageous, and authentic in their workplaces in quite different ways than they would have been asked to a year ago. What are leaders themselves having to adapt and confront at this, at this time? 
Well, I think it relates to what you just said about some of those the, the blind spots that have opened up there. I think the through this time, what's become unavoidable is being more concerned for the experience that people are having. And I think leaders have been asking those questions for a long time without ever really wanting to hear the real answers and have been sort of forced to ask those questions of their teams more recently and hear some of the deep challenge and in some cases the tragedy that their employees have been facing and have to be in a position to to understand their role in that picture and to be able to cope with that in themselves i think when everyone comes to an office you've masked a lot of the individual challenge that people face in their work they can come into a neutral inverted commas space and be a, and behave a certain way together when you're the uninvited guest into their home n- n- there's nowhere to hide and it's very different when you speak to a member on a team who happens to have a great home office set up and can do their work there and be super productive or another member who's got three other people living in the same condo as they are or kids and animals rushing around and it's just given us this window into people's lives and I think for for leaders it's it's opened up those windows into their own as well and that's been a, a space of needing to to reach into the vulnerability to be able to go I don't know exactly what to say to you I don't know exactly what to do right now I haven't got experience of growing my company in a global pandemic before so I can't have the answer all I can have is the empathy for what you might be experiencing in this moment the self-awareness to recognize what I'm experiencing in this moment and be prepared to share and to work with what shows up in that space like if I think about some of my clients and even you know myself in, in my role in our organization it's a deeply confronting space to be in and it's a deeply liberating one and depending on how you're able to to work with it and so to watch leaders feel like they can level with people in their organizations more maybe because we all exist in the same size box on a screen now as opposed to in the corner office or the upstairs there's something there's something in the nature of the way that we've been communicating with each other through this time, if we've been doing it well, that's unavoidably caused us to question the experience that everyone's having and understand what, what our role can be and how we look after ourselves sufficiently to be able to be helpful to people in that space. Really recognizing what's ours to, to be able to, to change or fix and, and what isn't. And I think that's the biggest realization when there's a, a, something so global and overwhelming for an individual to, to deal with is to really be clear on where can I put my energy that's going to create meaningful change. Yeah, Laurie, I really identify with and relate can relate to what you're you're talking about. You know, I feel like this past year has allowed us to be far more human at work than ever before. And that seems ironic, right? Because we're speaking to each other through video screens every day now. Um, but something has shifted and it and it, it's not going back. And I really hope it doesn't go back because I think we've, um, even though there's been a lot of stress this past year, I feel like we've gained so much for um 
workplaces for the experience that we know we must create for people to be able to completely actualize who they are at work, um, for leaders to show up and be able to be vulnerable and not have all the answers and to be okay in front of their people showing up like that. So um, I think we've, we've obviously still got a lot of work to do and we're still navigating this really strange time, but together with things like the guide that you've written and have so generously made available. Um, we will share the link to how to get hold of the guide um, in the show notes. And we obviously could not do it justice here today. But I think you've given us uh, a lot for people to think about and whet the appetite around the, the flavor and the sort of the feel of, of the material that you've provided. I'd love to end with a, a positive note and ask you both to share even though we know we've struggled a lot this past year and business has been hard and looking after people has been hard. Um, what's been the most uplifting leadership moment for both of you this past year? Should I go first? Um, a change of president. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that was, <laughs> yeah. Inauguration day was probably the pinnacle for most. It's hard to pick one because we have such close relationships with our clients and really seeing when a big shift happens for them, it, you really get that feedback loop back to you, that sort of sense of pride of, of seeing, you know, what our, what our clients do and how they step into these challenges. And I think, you know, um, be it, you know, a young leader like Harley Kisberg at, at iTech who really stepped into Black Lives Matter, have knowing not what to do with it and knowing he's got 200 team members and having to hold those conversations and seeing him do that with such bravery. If it was Dan Hegarty from Habito, you know, saying to standing everyone up and just saying, everything's up for grabs right now. We're in the shits um, as a mortgage provider in the UK, but be, but we will, anything is up for grabs apart from our purpose and our values and seeing the team just rise to that challenge. Um, or if it was, you know, Andy, um, Rachel and Amy Berliner from Amy's Kitchen, who, you know, kept their, their plants open by taking care of their people so that they could make great organic frozen food to feed the nation and holding on to that dream and purpose that to, to make food accessible to everybody. Like it was all of these leaders really stepping into that challenge and, you know, really struggling with that yet being able to hold on to the foundation of, of their cultural DNA and knowing what was important to them. It just, I mean, it makes us super proud to, to see that happen. And, you know, uh, it, it, it gives us a, a feeling of impact as well to see that they've, they've taken on those challenges in a way that um, is just really beautiful to, to witness. Yeah, and it really reinforces the purpose of within and why both of you show up every day. So that's wonderful to hear some hard stories in there, but lots of positive outcomes. How about for you, Laurie? Yeah, hard to, hard to build on. You know, I think to, for me, the blanket is every time a leader has asked the extra layer to how are you and listened to the answer and invited, it's invited some curiosity on their part as to what have we got to, to do here in order to support people, in order to step forward toward a challenge and show up to it? And just that, <laughs> not knowing what to do or how to work with it. Some leaders have really confidently known exactly what steps to take 
Others, as, as Jeff's pointed out, really haven't, but it's as hard for each of them, for the, the battle-worn CEO who's been through the recessions and everything else to go, ah, I gotta do this again. Um, this one feels a bit different to the brand and the world has moved on so far in the 10 years since that last one. And the issues are so much more raw in some ways that we're talking about um, to the, the brand new leader who's never experienced anything like this before, who's taking their first step into the challenge. I'm so proud to watch other people do it. And, and for me, it's been, you know, we've, we've done it ourselves too. We're in the habit within of being our own guinea pigs and <laughs> kind of creating the crucible for how businesses do this kind of thing. And we asked ourselves some big questions this year about what the experience of partnership needs to look like and feel like preempted by just a deeper sense of where each of our partners was in this moment. And I think um, watching our team really step in towards that and come together and, and lead together has been massively uplifting for, for me too. Well, I can uh, say from having had first-hand experience with working with both of you and in, in Jostle's environment, we've certainly benefited from your um, humility and your just calm leadership and helping us step into the challenges that our business has faced and will continue to face. So thank you for everything that you're doing to help others take on their own sets of challenges and just bring the real human essence to the forefront and just lead as people who are trying to figure this out. And none of us has the answers, but we can do it together. So thanks for coming on the show to share your thoughts. Thank you Thanks so you. much. It's been awesome. Thanks very much. Yeah. See you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of People at Work. It would mean a lot to us if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. The more reviews we get, the more people discover the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss an episode. You can do this wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can reach me at bev at jostle.me or find me on LinkedIn. Until next time, take care. Thank you.